15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Wait a minute. I've heard that before. That's the note Jeremy wrote to me in my yearbook in the sixth grade. How'd you even know that? Because it's from Geico. Yeah, yeah wait, here it is. Dear Luke, have a great summer. P.S. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Love, Jeremy. Geico's had this tagline for years because we help save people money. So wait, you're saying Jeremy copied you? <laughs> yeah, that actually does sound like something the J-Man would do. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Blessed are you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. You have re revealed to little ones the mysteries of the kingdom. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Children were brought to Jesus, that he might lay his hands on them and pray. The disciples rebuked them, saying, But Jesus said, Let the children come to me, and do not prevent them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. After he placed his hands on them, he went away. The Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I guess I've been here for a few weekday Masses, just so you realize. During the weekday Masses, I sit to preach. It started out years ago when I had back problems, and I kept it going. I stand on Sundays, but I preach from the seat today. And um, it's not unusual to be sitting down preaching. Uh, Matthew's Gospel, the Gospel we use today, presents Jesus as a teacher throughout his ministry. And you hear often that Jesus sits down because, the, not that I'm a rabbi, but the rabbis used to sit down to preach and the people would gather around them in public places. So I continue that tradition with Matthew. Before Mass, Father Bill said the mic system here is um, possessed. I think he's right because I hear my voice going in and out. So sorry about that. Okay, so the, the first reading continues what we've been reading all week from uh, the book of, of Joshua. Joshua is one of the closest associates with Moses, and Joshua came with Moses and established the new land. Moses never saw the promised land, but Joshua kept the, the journey going. And today we hear a significant pause in their journey. And Joshua is basically saying, okay, the choice is yours, folks. Either we follow this God, this nameless God, Yahweh, the being, he has no name. Either we follow him, the one revealed to us by Moses, and the one through whom we receive the law, the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments, or not. You, you, have, you have a choice. Now, you can go backwards, faith-wise, and adore and praise to the God of uh, the Amorites and the Hittites, and then he names all these various tribes, because they're only another tribe. The Jews are only another tribe of many, many, many tribes of the semi-culture at that time. 
so they had to choose. And in choosing, they did something very interesting. The, the way it's recorded is educational. They chose to follow God, but before they did, they recalled everything God did for them. Who are we to reject the God who led us out of Egypt? Who are we to reject the God who gave us the quail and the manna in the desert? Who are we to reject the God who gave us freedom and life? And, and it goes on and on. That's a great way to pray for all of us, and even now. That's the Old Testament, well before Jesus' time. But it's a way of praying to recall why we are here in church. Why do we even come? And sometimes we want to ask those of our families and friends, why are they not here? Both answers to both questions is, just think of what God has done for you. We like to think we're in charge of ourselves. We like to think we're in charge. We like to, to think uh, that we achieve this, that, or another thing. Ain't so. God is with us as a father, taking care of us constantly and giving us uh, direction. And it's up to us in our Christian conscience to follow that direction. That means prayer. It means reflection. So what does is, what is the, 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 the people of Israel do today at Shechem? And that's an important phrase. They commit themselves to God, and they make a covenant with God, a bond. There's a covenant we call marriage, a bond. There's a covenant between the state and you when you get a license, it's a bond. There are so many covenants in our lives. But this bond is a covenant that is set up at Shechem, one of the first that is noted by the people of Israel. They're going to dedicate themselves to God. They set up an altar, which is a rock. They set up, and this becomes a holy place. We have an altar here. This is our rock, and this is our holy place. Now we're in the New Testament. And the altar here is not Jesus, but it represents Jesus. It represents the bond that we have with God in his son, Jesus. When we gather at this altar and break bread and... and, and bless the wine that's consecrated into his blood, we're in the same kind of covenant, but it's sealed in Christ's blood, not the blood of lambs, as the people of the Old Testament did. Coming together in a covenant, a bond, a promise, a commitment. What's the commitment we have? It's not as complicated as the Jews had. I mentioned the other day, yes, we all know about the Ten Commandments, but as good Jews, there are more than 10 commandments. There's like 593 commandments that to be a good Jew, you have to keep all 593 of these. But that's so complicated. The foundation of his law is one word, and you all know it, love. Then live it, that's a challenge in every aspect of our life. Political, social, intimate, how do we live the law of Christ's love? Today he gives us a tiny little sample of how he does it. He's busy, he's tired, he's always running around. He's like Father Bill. You ever see Father Bill? He's always running around. He was dumping the trash before. So Jesus is very much like Bill. And he's always busy, always doing something, always feeding and nourishing and touching people. And finally he sat down uh, just to get a rest. And what did the kids do? The kids start coming over to him as they are... See, people, kids are drawn to innocence, drawn to it. Not that, not 
I'm not talking about predators who go out to get them. That's, that's not our topic. But kids are drawn to innocence. When you're honest with them and, and, and you're playful with them, they like that. They come to you. That's my experience. And, and when kids come up for communion with their parents and that don't receive, they, they cover their chests with a prayer, uh, I always give them a little smack and talk to them. And inevitably, they'll say something to me on the way out. Okay, it's a safe environment to do that here with their parents and with all of us gathered. Well, Jesus was doing that too. He sits down and they know who he is and the kids come running over to Jesus. They want to play with them. You know, they want to play with his vestment, maybe the tassels on his outfit. And they want, to, they want to be with Jesus. Now, what do the protectors do, the apostles? Hey, get away. Get away from Jesus. Come on. He's busy. That's not Jesus. That's not Jesus' style. And what does he say? Let the kids come to me. Because we can learn so much from their innocence. We can learn so much from their trust. He, tells the, he rebukes the apostles who just rebuked the kids and tells us the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as this. Now, what's our covenant with God? This, yes, it begins here, and it continues out there. The covenant we have with Jesus is to treat one another as brothers and sisters. To treat one another, not as children, I mean, we, we want to be age-appropriate, to treat one another with the dignity and love that we would treat a child. That's important. We don't have to treat each other like children, but we do have to treat each other with trust and dignity and justice. And that's what they attracted to when they saw Jesus. That's the, that's the Jesus that is our covenant, the covenant of the New Testament. We come together today to learn another aspect of the covenant of God, to be like little children at times, to trust God as if, as if and he is, our Father. And what did Jesus say? You just call, how to pray Jesus, you just call God your daddy, Abba. That's our covenant. Bundling home and car insurance with GEICO is so easy, your neighbors are probably already doing it. But who? They may drop little hints like... Beautiful day out. Even more beautiful since we saved by bundling our home and car insurance with GEICO. Or... Yard work is hard. Much harder than bundling with GEICO, which was easy. Or it may be even subtler, like... Speaking of burgers, we bundled our home and car insurance with GEICO and saved a bunch of money. Bundling is easy with GEICO. Just ask your neighbors. Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should, too. University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule, by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, by providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too, and with no SAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus, made for you. Last year, we awarded more than $15 million in scholarships to qualified students, including community college students, service members, veterans, and working adults just like you. Discover how we can make your education and your goals for the future a reality. Visit us at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu.
Certified to operate in Virginia by Chef.